Hi, this is Bryson. And this is Brian, and we're with Midnight Salvage Company. This is Mike. And this is Jason. We're from the Legend of Bigfoot. You're listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. With mouths as big as the Columbia River. Egos as tall as Mount Rainier. Smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon. It's the Northwest Convergence Zone. everybody welcome back to the northwest convergence zone show it's good to have everybody here with us another spring week has passed us by we're straight shooting into summer can't get here soon enough and uh well if i seem a little bit uh, out of sorts and you know maybe not quite so focused today it's because i'm here today and gone to maui Maui. (laughs) this big boy is going to be uh leaving to head to the island and um mercer (laughs) i like to call it maui (laughs) yeah so go over and uh you know hang out on the beach and uh I just need a break, so uh, get some warmth. Have some drinks with some tiny bubbles. You know that's happening, so anyway, all right, enough of that crap right there. I don't want to make everybody too jealous. Wait a minute. No one one talks that way about the hoe. (laughs) So do you think he calls his wife Mrs. Ho? I think so. (laughs) Have you met my daughter, the hoe? (laughs) We're the hoe family. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, check this out, man. Last week uh, uh, when we got done with our podcast, we went down to the Swiss. Yes. And we had a good time. You want to talk about who we saw down there? There was the painkillers. Oh, yeah. Painkillers. Mike O'Neill. Finally saw Big Nat, Big Mike. Uh, Big Mike was <laughs> Big doing Mike his thing. It. But the painkillers were great, weren't they? They were very good, yeah. A lot of people down there. We saw Daniel Blue, and we saw, um, well, Ben uh, from the China Davis. China Davis, our old buddy Teddy Haggerty. Teddy Haggerty was down there. Glenn Case Beer was down there. We had a good time. Good time at the Swiss. So that was a lot of fun. That's if you right. missed it, it yeah. that was bummer for you. And in case you didn't know, they have Patron and it's cold. Oh, that oh, was, was good. Very good. That's the first time I've had that. Mike was buying and I was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> what is Patron? <laughs> Patron. It's like uh, it's like a liquid uh, form of tequila. It's made from a oh. from a plant. Called you don't remember because we had to drag you home. Uh, your eyes no, were crossed. No, no, no. You got that wrong. I was dragging no, you guys that's home. That's true. I was the designated driver. Double D. Double that D got nice. free pop all that night. That was nice. It's made from the Mexican version of uh, pineapple. <laughs> it was good. But hey, uh, speaking of cool shows coming up, just to put a bug in everybody's ear, mark your calendars for June 5th. June 5th will be our it's a Saturday night, and we're going to do it at the Stone Gate, I believe. Everything's being worked out, but it's all heading in that direction, and it will be our listener party. It's a gift to you guys. We're going to have three bands lined up. We're going to have stuff to give away, and we want to pack the Stone Gate. Jeff's been really good to us, and he's got great pizza, great food, yeah. and it's all ages. Very fun place. Uh, the bar will be open, but it is all ages so anybody can come bring your family and we'll be talking a lot about that as we get closer about the bands who are going to be on the bill and a lot of people a lot of our past guests are going to be there it's going to be fun it's the day before d-day so it's our d-day yes that's right so anyway that's probably going to be june 5th i also want to hip you to uh something that's coming up and that is our friend alicia wood is going to be at the jewel the jewel box in seattle and that is going to be on the 
17th of April, which is a Saturday, 8 o'clock. Highly recommend you go to see that because then she's going to be in here on the 18th with us. That 17th of April, great day for a show, bad day to get married. Yeah. <laughs> is there a story behind that? <laughs> yeah, you. it's a sad <laughs> tale of woe. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, we have, uh, well, uh, first of all, let's thank everybody who came in last week. How about but- introduce ourselves? Nah, everybody knows who we are. No, that's a good idea, Double D. Okay. I'm Big D. Let's go over here. My main man, he says, cool as a big scoop of chocolate ice cream on a hot summer day. That's right, a little Tillamook. Uh, Greetings and salutations, as always, from the great man cave in the city of Destiny and Indie Bands, Tacoma, Washington. All right, and then over here we have... Double D. That's it? That's it, yeah. It's just, he, made like, way, he made a big deal about you wanted to be introduced, <laughs> like, yeah. that's all? What? I wanted you guys to be introduced, because oh, everybody knows brother. who I am. And then, of course, over here is uh, Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy, give us a wave. All right, and he's the man. We're missing the squeezer this week, but uh, he will be back. We'll be back, yeah. So, uh, squeeze, good luck with whatever you're doing out there. But So, last week we had Deborah, Deborah Page and Paul Yule on. That was awesome. Those guys were really super nice. We uh, also had... Uh, Beat Seed, those guys were amazing, huh? Really, yeah, really amazing and great, yeah. great people. And the whole Bolivian army. <laughs> they were here, they were. had the house surrounded. <laughs> and then we had to surrender. <laughs> but that was very cool, and I can't wait to see Deborah Page in concert. And I always love seeing the whole Bolivian army. And Beat Seed, man, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe if we can pull the strings might be at the listener party. That would be very nice. Yeah. Very so, nice. Anyway, uh, we're going to work on that stuff, but that's just that's on the wish list. So anyway, we want to thank all of them. It was great to have them in. And that song that Deborah Page did at the end of our show last week, Killer, we have another awesome lineup today. And we're going to start it off with a great local band, really cool people. Uh, we had a sit down with them, and they're also going to do a live show at the end of a live song at the end of our show. And of course, we're talking about Boxy Vallejo. All right, everybody, we are in the studio today with another stellar, amazing local band, Voxy Vallejo. We have Gene Vallejo and Voxy in here with us today. Talking about some blues and some old school rock and roll. It's like a size 13 Doc Martin boot to the head. It's amazing sound. It is, uh, you know, Tacoma never ceases to amaze me. It's like I've lived all over, but it, it never ceases to amaze me the level of talent we have here. And uh, we have that with Voxy Vallejo. Gene, Voxy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Hello, podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to go over the whole, what's a podcast thing? <laughs> so let's talk about um, how Voxy Vallejo uh, came to be. And uh, I know, Gene, you've been playing for a long time, and you've had several bands, and then this is uh, your latest incarnation. Tell us about it. Um, well, Voxy Vallejo started as an online collaboration on a site called soundclick.com. And I was out of the music scene for almost 20 years, busy raising a family. And they were up and grown, and I got bored, and my guitar started crying, and my electric guitar, I'd never stopped playing during those 20 years. I was—I picked up an acoustic guitar and was constantly riding and messing around on acoustic. Um, so picked up my electric, put a home studio together, started tracking um, some tracks. Actually, I need to back up just a second, too. Cause I, I, I'm originally from Vicksburg, Mississippi. And my grandparents had passed away, and they were living here in uh, Lacey, Washington with us. My grandfather passed away, and so we flew back to Mississippi to bury him. And that's the first time we've been back in over 20 years, 20, I think it was 25 years. 
And uh, it was just, just blew me away going back there after 25 years, you know. The thing about how you can never go home again mm -hmm. was so true, man. Everything had changed, you know. Hay fields where I used to bail hay had turned into uh, country club golf courses. <laughs> you know, the, uh, the honky-tonk slash gas station slash restaurant slash cafe that my grandpa owned. That Barbecue on Wednesdays. At. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, was no longer there. It was yeah. uh, the, the last ownership was uh, taxidermist. Wow. But that, you know, that, and that's where actually the first years of playing guitar, I used to sit out in front of the gas station, you know, between people pulling up because back that day you still pump the gas that time mm -hmm. yeah. and i'd be over there fiddling around with my acoustic guitar um gone all that was gone and um so i came back a lot of emotions was that you know? was that uh, like sad for you or was that just eye-opening how, how did it, you it, it was extremely sad man because yeah. that's where i you know you, you're growing up years or your early teens sure so i spent the time in mississippi from like a, i'm an air force brat so we bounced around a little bit but we finally settled down there when i was about 10 or 11 i think um, and unfortunately, my father passed away at a young age of 39 when I was 13. Wow. He was a guitar player. Mm. I had not played guitar up until that point. And uh, he passed away. He, what he left behind was three or four guitars. And I asked my mom, you know, can I play one of his guitars? So I picked up one of his guitars and used to go into my bedroom and start teaching myself using chord charts off of songbooks. And uh, that's how I got over uh, losing my father mm -hmm. was through, through music. So music's always been that that, that warm blanket, that comforter for me. Um, gosh, where was it going from there? So Maxi you, Valero. Sir, <laughs> I'm trying to get back to it. The, re, the, the yeah, what, what inspired the original tracks that uh, brought me and Vox together were a track called "Loving Thing" and a track called "Bad Woman Blues." Mm -hmm. After coming back from burying my grandfather. Uh, I wanted to finish that part of it too. Came back anyway. Two weeks later, my grandmother, his wife, passed away. Wow. Boom! Fly, fly back to Vicksburg, Mississippi again. And uh, so anyway, I come and back. now that was familiar because, <laughs> from the last trip. Yeah, <laughs> and I already changed. had some ideas for some songs. I was yeah. already hearing, you know, these these things, you know, and, and, and stories I wanted to tell people yeah. about. Because you, you hear a lot of crap about Mississippi, and there is a lot of bad things still going on down there. Mm. But there was a lot of cool things going on down there as sure. well. Sure. And my my people were, were from the Choctaw Chickasaw tribes. We were kind of intermingled, plus white and plus all kinds of breeds of people uh, mixed in but I had this music started coming out of me and it wasn't a ZZ Top sound it wasn't a Leonard Skinner sound it wasn't 38 special it wasn't that sound you'd heard before Jerry Raspberry and all that it was something new and I the only way I could classify it I called the hillbilly funk for lack of a better term <laughs> man, nice. you know and uh, I mean I love Billy Gibbons and I you know mm -hmm. and I love what Dudley Taft's doing yes. too. you know I like that that guitar player just raw just taking that blues to the next step but mine was still a little bit more it still had the Hank Williams Johnny Cash twang to it <laughs> a little swamp water going yeah, on there yeah so these songs started coming out and I'd written some lyrics myself but I just threw the raw tracks out there Bad Woman Blues Loving Thing up on SoundClick and uh, shared it out with like five or six ladies I was looking for a female vocalist because I was in my mind I was hearing this, that Janis Joplin that raw type of vocals and uh, out of the three or four that, that uh, responded back, Vox responded back within eight hours with a vocal track uh, for Loving Thing. And it just blew my mind. Voxy, how was that? Getting an email from some, uh, or or you met on well, you, you, you? Did you see him online, or did he contact? How did that work? Yeah, I I had been on the site for a few years, mm -hmm. able to record myself at home <clears throat> over some music tracks, and I'd been through a few, you know, other audition type things, auditioning for bands that way, or writing for bands or whatever, and and. Um, you know, like he had mentioned earlier when we were talking, most people just kind of flake a little bit on you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
So. In the music business? <laughs> I'm shocked. Whoa. Oh, man. No, no. So I had been on the site already for a couple of years, and he just hit me up, you know, like on a message board or whatever, a comment page or whatever. Um, I got a few ideas, you know. Uh, hit me up. And I thought, oh, this guy must want to collaborate or something. And I was getting it all the time, and it, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. A lot of the music isn't good. Right. And um, so I went and listened to his music on his page and his diversity in his sound. Because I was, at that time, I had been in a lot of garage bands doing hard rock, doing heavy metal, which I have a passion for, too. I love getting on stage just and she's a great, screaming. She's a great just, singer, man. Yeah. And... Um, it, but but I wanted something that was a little more challenging vocally, so far as melody was concerned. And that. And where are you at this point? Where where in the country are you living at this point? Um, when him and I met, I was in Iowa. And you were up here. Uh huh. Thank God for the internet, correct? And, <laughs> and I had been. I knew it'd come in handy sooner or later. Yes. And I had been doing my own thing for a while too, being in bands, learning to record at home and and compose my own music and that sort of thing, and you know, and and had a few close encounters with almost getting there myself, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, and and uh, so. So I went and listened to his tracks, and he was all over the place, which I love. I, I love so much music, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I come across as a rocker girl and that sort of thing, but, you know, if it makes me want to dance, yay. If it makes me want to cry, yay, you know. So so he had, he had all this different sound going on. He had the southern thing. He had the blues thing. He had some heavy rock stuff going on, some ballad stuff, and okay, cool, and, and so I had written him back, he didn't say anything, you know, the Janis Joplin thing comes up over and over again, but he didn't say anything about that. But I had been getting it already as a mm -hmm. performer, constantly getting the Janis Joplin comparisons. <clears throat> and I'd never gone that route musically. So, uh, so when he had made the comment, I wrote him back and said, well, are you thinking about a collaboration? Because I'm looking for something along the lines, some dirty, heavy blues, something Led Zeppelin, Janis Joplin, along those lines, which is exactly what he was looking for, and I didn't know that so that's when he shot me up the first track and and um, I was hungry <laughs> for something you know it's something that sounded good and he's he's amazing musician and multi-instrumentalist and songwriter and and it just it was good and I heard it and I heard the melody in my head immediately and honestly the first lyrics I wrote I sent to him, and, and he was he was cool. He was, basically, he wasn't happy with the lyrics. I like the <laughs> melody you're going with, but I'm not I'm not so much on the lyrics. You know, I want I want to hear some heartbreak in there or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> my ego at first was like, <laughs> who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I was like, well, no, I'm gonna show him. You know, Re totally rewrote it, and and that's again, it was well, like within 24 hours. Well, I don't know if I was just bored or overly creative at the time or what, but it was, you know, instantaneous. Well, it was really cool, though. She was in the transition of moving from Iowa back down to Arizona. They'd stop in the motels or whatever. She'd get back on Wi-Fi and still stay connected with me <laughs> during that, as yeah, she was, you know, going cross-country. That was another mark for her, you know. I'm like, right on. I can work with this person. Again, well, never thinking we'd ever meet face-to-face. -face, yeah, the original plan... we would just plan, do this, this online collaboration and do the, you know... The original the plan thing. was we were going to write an album together and I was going back to Phoenix where I already had music contacts and stuff, and I was going to put a band together in Phoenix mm -hmm. to promote the album. He was just going to be my co-writer. And then um, five, six songs into it, maybe three, four months later, I mean, because we were just 
what, 2,000 emails in oh, yeah. three months? We're trying to keep an account. Yeah, there's a lot of emails. Man. So, so five or six songs later, three, four months down the road, I was just like, man, I... I don't want to work with anybody else. I don't want to go find people to fit this bill. And I didn't know? want to get back on stage again. I, I'm serious, brother. I did not want to get back in front of a lot, you know, get in that live situation. You were content to just write, be let somebody studio, else do, do it. Do that Steely Dan thing, even though Steely Dan does go live. But you yeah. know what I mean? They were for very the much a studio years, band. Yeah, yeah, they were a studio band. And that's, I really like that, you know, because I can mm-hmm. sit around in my underwear all day and <laughs> do my thing. <laughs> Drink beer. <laughs> Still does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted well, to go let's on stage. Listen, <laughs> let's listen to some of that great music right now, this collaboration between these two wonderful souls. Bad Woman Blues, our guest, Foxy Vallejo. The name of the CD is Carnival of Confusion. Our guest, Fox Vallejo, and that was Bad Woman Blues. Yeah, that was great. Um, I wanted to ask both of you, uh, you can definitely uh, feel the flavor of the Zeppelin, the Delta Blues, the the Cosmic Blues, and the Janus coming through. Do either one of you guys have uh, any guilty pleasures that uh, if you told people that you're into them, they'd go, are you kidding me? Really? (laughs) Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> like a virgin. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you ever break it out at home? Yeah, typically, yes. It's great for housework, but it's in a storage unit in Iowa that's going to cost oh. me like $2,000 to ever get back. So I think I might have the greatest hits you can take home with. All right, all right, man. All right. I'm not kidding. No, not kidding I love it. I do. Posters, I love man. it. You got to have that. Yeah, I, I love it. How about you, I love Gene? Madonna. Mine, uh, this blows people away usually. If you get in, jump in my van right now, I think right now I'm tuned to a jazz radio station, but 80% of the time I listen to classical music. Really? When yeah. I'm in my van. Wow. Yeah. 
I mean, when I'm on my computer and YouTube and all that, it's, it's Zeppelin, it's ZZ Top, it's, mm -hmm. you know, everything, all, all rocks, Zappa, man, uh, Jethro Tolle, I'm a big Jethro Tolle fan. But when I'm traveling around in the van, it's classical, man. That's the rest of the time, it's uh, Rock now, Me Amadeus. The, yeah. <laughs> the real story behind that is he does it to avoid road rage. <laughs> so, <laughs> go to true. your happy place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, I also noticed on your profile page that you uh, we're in a film called uh, Inside the Indie. Tell us about that. How'd you get involved in that project and how, how, who contacted you and what was that experience like? Well, um, we told you we have an upcoming show uh, on the, I might know it's not in front of me, the April 16th, Friday at the Speakeasy, right. Body Box CD release. Uh, the lead singer of that is Kurt Lindsay. And um, on the Facebook invite to that particular event, I kind of explain how we met him. <coughs> When uh, I first moved here, we did a lot of open mics, and uh, he was a regular open micer as well, uh, an amazing talent. And his friend, uh, Kevin Defy, who's the bass player for that band, is also a videographer. And um, he had done some music videos for Kurt Lindsay. He had also done a music video for us to rock on. I don't know if you guys have checked that out or not, mm -hmm. but um, he did that for us. And I mean, they're just, they're like 20, 20, 21, 22 year old kids, and they're all so talented and creative. They just blow our minds. <laughs> and, um, and so he was doing a documentary on sort of the independent musician, you know, um, from his perspective, mm -hmm. being, you know, 20, not able to get into the clubs and stuff, going to open mics, seeing how, you know, there's so much music and creativity and talent out there that that doesn't fit what's going to get radio play. Oh, I mean, it absolutely. just absolutely right. does not fit yeah. what's going to get radio play. No. But you would never be exposed to it if you didn't take the time to go out there and Which see it. Which is one know? of the reasons we're here. Right. And, That's and, what we're and to do. Even, even stuff that, that my ears might hear and go, Wow, I don't know if I'd call that music. <laughs> but it might it's have an still, audience somewhere. You know somewhere. that term, you have to pay your dues? Remember I told you how I never wanted to get back on stage again and all that? Dude, this trumped that, okay? <laughs> I mean, we met some beautiful people. We made some really good connections during the two years we, we were doing the open mic circuit. Right. And I, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it, it was back to paying your dues, man. Hard, hard time, hard yeah. way of doing it. You know? and, and so that stuff that isn't always maybe the greatest or the most marketable music, it's still telling a story from someone's creative, that they were even had the balls enough to get up to there in front of people and do it, you know? And so this documentary um, kind of has a cross of all of that from stuff that you might be like, whoa, okay, to, to stuff that you're like, wow, that's really good stuff. I can't believe that's not on the radio, right. you know? And can people pick this, is, is it on DVD form, or was it just done in the, like, the short well, circuits? Well, uh, I, I love it. these they haven't, like, hugely marketed it. Like I said, it got into the, um, the Seattle's True Independent Film Festival, mm -hmm. and it had played over at, what was that college we went and saw the premiere uh, at? It was at? Fort Silicon. It's, it's a Pierce, Pierce, County, Pierce, Pierce College. College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You call it for still, so right, yeah, that's old school. But, and and I've, I've, I've talked to Kevin a couple of times going, look, you know, we're out there doing gigs. I could be selling this DVD. Yeah, Wait, give me some copies and stuff. But it's not, a, it, it's not something where anybody 
anybody really has the funds to get it mass mm. produced and you know so it's kind of a few copies here and there come into being um you should put it up on imdb or uh, you know some sort of internet access because uh, i think a lot of people would like to see that it sounds yeah. like an intriguing interesting uh if, kevin if you're listening yes. yeah. <laughs> if you go to myspace there is a myspace site for it i'm not positive i do think it's myspace.com slash inside the indie now the uh on your myspace you guys have a couple of videos and one of them is you guys at bob's java jive is that part that's of the it one. Yes. that's, that's the part one. of it that's, that's very well Klein. done yeah yep. yeah that's a great uh that's a great video yeah. the, the clip you know, that's on there uh, that's even you know I, the, the scenes in the van you know we used, we mm-hmm. have this little thing we where we chill before we have to get in front of people and perform you know, get we we drink. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, man, it's not. You know, it's chilled. Yeah, yeah we, we, chill. it's, yeah. we We keep it. We keep it limited. Just a shot of Jaeger, two beers. Okay, that's the rest. Shot of Jaeger, two beers, and he he captures that in the video. You just what goes right. on in the van, and people uh, back around to uh, doing the open mic circuit. All the friends we met, they always knew they the van would pull up. We'd come out and say hello to everybody. But if they, you know, didn't we disappear? They knew where we were. They knew where you were. And yeah. at the time, you could open the door to that van. There'd be like fifteen people in my van. <laughs> Funny Once story about out. that that video to rock on at Bob's Java Dive, uh, Deborah Page and Paul Yule. That was the yeah, end of, or no, that was February of 2008. So yeah. they had just, just started, started on the scene in 2007 as well. We had seen Deborah just by herself, even at some of the open mics and that sort of thing. Right. Um, they were playing that show the same night that we were at Bob's Java Dive when we did that video shoot. And Paul saved my ass because <laughs> I had burnt CDs for that and the DJ you know, needed one to play while we did this video scene. Right. And I apparently did not pay attention to how I was recording it, and I did it as a data disc versus, you know, like a <laughs> <CDR>. music disc. <laughs> so he goes to play it, and nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. But Paul and Deborah, if you've ever seen them live, Paul has his whole sound set up, yeah. his laptop and everything. So He's, he's a like, digital genius. You know, so he amazing. pops that data disc into his computer, feeds it through and everything. We would, I had advertised the crap out of that video shoot and if I if we couldn't have gotten that CD to play we wouldn't have been able to do it so uh, well about, we don't have about air guitar man. yeah well we don't have that problem here we have music and let's go into another track off of the Carnival of Confusion Foxy Vallejo the name of this song is Crow
That's Carnival of Confusion, the CD, the name of the song, Crow, our guest, Vox Vallejo. And before we wrap this up, because we got to get moving along here, uh, five number one singles off of this. Is that correct? On uh, soundcheck.com? five tracks go to number one on SoundCheck. That's amazing. And now give us give us uh, some shows. Give us some dates and shows of where you're going to be. I know on uh, the 31st, you're at Hell's Kitchen. April 10th. Finally. You're <laughs> down at Happy Days Hi, at Lakewood. Flash. <laughs> We're coming, baby. <laughs> and on the 16th, you're playing uh, the Speakeasy. Body Box at the Speakeasy. Yeah. Body Box CD release party, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, April 21st, back at Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Saturday, April 10th, Happy Days Casino in Lakewood. <gasps> Yeah, and that's, there's still more information coming on that. Yeah, there's some more bands that'll be like we're actually going to be uh, talking more about that. That's something we're going to be involved in. That's a benefit show. Yeah, uh, Saturday, July 17th, we're at Uncle Sam's. It's a part of Plog Fest. Cause of Confusion, Body Box will be there along with probably five or six other bands. Um, and then also look for us this summer. We don't have dates in yet, but we know we're going to be playing Tacoma Farmer's Market, 6th Avenue's Farmer's Market. Fourth of July, we'll be at the Freedom Fair. Great. Well. Awesome. Right. Uh, we just heard uh, Crow, and on your site it said, uh, look for or try to figure out the mystery of the Crow King. Now, that's been out a while, so I'm assuming the mystery has probably been figured out because for the life of me, man, I was trying to figure it out. Wait, the mystery to me is I don't know nothing about this. What oh, is you're... he talking about? That's the mystery. <laughs> is it? Is it <laughs> the mystery is a mystery in itself. Because I, I, I got to say, those are great lyrics. I love those lyrics. Yes. And uh, I was looking at the lyrics, and I was saying, okay, does it have something to do with the lyrics? Then I was looking at the very, cover of the CD. It's very painful. And I'm all Neil over Young the place, and I, I, I didn't cool. figure it wait, out. Wait, so. wait, where, what website does it say try to figure out the mystery? I've had too much to drink, man. <laughs> so so Wait, it's still a mystery? So is it about oh. the song itself? Because I can tell you what the song's well, about. Y- y- the mystery comes through when Vox can explain what animal totems are all about. And, and Crow is my number one animal, uh, animal totem. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was one of the connections. I mean, you know, I, yeah. like I said, we met online. Yeah. And it, it was only three or four months that we were writing online before I moved here. Right. So there was a whole lot. I mean, if you can put yourself Big in that change. position of not knowing somebody right. other than online and just, you know, I'm a bit of a gypsy, always have been, mm-hmm. you know, so just put that faith out there and, okay, step <laughs> off the ledge. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, animal totems, crows, raven is my birth totem. There's a lot of, you know, spiritual mm-hmm. uh, symbolism that goes along with that animal. And so during our uh, online relationship, writing songs back and forth and talking back and forth over the internet and stuff, I had started talking about that. And he had said he had had a huge connection with crows as well. And then Tacoma. You know, I didn't know this till I moved here, but oh my God, you guys have so many. We're taking over. Yeah, Yeah. we own this place. Yeah, they're actually protected in Washington. Yeah, Yeah. so so I had only been here a couple of months, and we had had a night in the garage because, like I said, it was about a year or so that it was just the two of us. And um, I'm like, man, I feel like it's a songwriting night. I hear all the crows con. Crows are telling me we're gonna write a song tonight, (laughs) and and that's what came out of that. So. 
Perfect. Okay. Good explanation. All right. All right. Well, our guest has been Voxy Vallejo, and go to their website. Uh, we'll have a link uh, off of our main page to your uh, Facebook fan page. Become a fan. Check out their music. It's great stuff. We look forward to seeing you guys live. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Yeah, and they'll be back later in the show with the live set. All right, everybody. We are in the studio today with two stellar bands to wrap up our show. The Legend of Bigfoot and Midnight Salvage Company, and they are putting on a show on April 9th, which is a Friday, at New Frontier in Tacoma. It's only five bucks, Joe. Oh, dang. Three bands. Can I borrow five? <laughs> I'll cover you on the way in. All right, hey, with our status, I think we're on the list. Right. Uh, anyway, doors open at 8, and the three bands are Legend of Bigfoot, Midnight Salvage Company, and Vallis. We want to welcome in Jason and Mike from the Legend of Bigfoot. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. And let's talk about uh, the Legend of Bigfoot for a moment. You guys have been around since about the spring of 09, and uh, have you primarily played the Tacoma area? What's What are the venues you guys have been playing? Uh, we've played about every venue in Tacoma you could think of, Java Jive, Jazz Bones. New Frontier, Hell's Kitchen, the main ones anyway. Yeah. Oh, and the Viaduct too. And uh, and we played Seattle once, played at the the Soto, and uh, and Bremerton twice. And are you? Uh, and now you guys are working on a, a brand new CD. And is there a uh, is there a date or a time that that's supposed to be coming out? I would uh, say soon. <laughs> a bit of vagueness. Will there, they be but... available at this show? Uh, they will not be available, but we should have our our demo completed soon, and that will be... I mean, we might have some demos to hand out at the show, but uh -huh. uh, it should be done cert uh, shortly after that. Yeah, well, let's talk about some of your uh, influences. Now, listening to your music, it's, you know, I mean, a guy like me, I'm in my 40s, and I grew up on Floyd the doors and a lot of that classic rock sound and we were talking earlier about the black crows and oh, yeah. stuff now tell us about uh, your influences going not just your personal influences but when you lay your music down and then you listen back anything anything coming to mind you see your influences coming through wow good question uh, <laughs> what do you what do you see jason what do I hear? <laughs> no, what do you see when you listen? Or what yeah, because I see lots smell? of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you taste the smell. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably hear some things that nobody hears just because I know I'm so influenced by uh, Kiss. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear some Ace Frehley. Right. You know, but that's just me. You know, probably nobody else would. Uh, Zeppelin. You know, yeah. But like you said, Pink Floyd, The Crows, definitely without a doubt. Right. Richard Robinson was a huge guitar influence. Rich Robinson, yeah, yeah the, the guitar brother of uh, Chris and Rich. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now, who do you guys, uh, when you're in your own time and uh, you're just hanging out at home, who are you listening to? The bands that I just mentioned. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, anybody that would anybody that would surprise us. Uh, you guys like, uh, you know, like a guilty pleasure. Somebody you're like that would shock all of us. Yeah, I, I really like. <laughs> The monkeys. Really, no, seriously. I'm serious. Yeah. And uh, Frank Sinatra. You know, oh. a lot of stuff from the 50s. Good actually. classic stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's good music, really. You know, I mean, good songwriting. I mean, there's some even newer bands that, I mean, I think they have pretty good songs and mm -hmm. they're not necessarily heavy rock bands or anything. And I'm a huge fan of classic rock, as you can probably tell without us sounding directly like a classic rock band. But mm -hmm. like you said, you know, the Floyd, you know, the Doors, uh, 
growing up in the 90s, I love a lot of the great Seattle bands oh, yeah, and the Seattle scene. Definitely. Uh, I think that was a special time for people who were here and a good time for music. And I mean, there's always good music going on, more or less. And sometimes it passes you by and sometimes you are there to hear it. And I was lucky enough to hear some of that good stuff going on in the 90s. So. Well, now being a uh, being a, a South Sound band, and the, that's one of the primary reasons we're here is to promote and push the South Sound across uh, this fine state of ours and across the USA because we have a lot of talent here. How do you find? How are you experiencing the scene here in the South Sound? Do you see it as up and coming, or is it? leveled off or do you see room for growth How, what, what is your take on uh, playing venues and the other bands that are around and the things you're hearing from the club owners what's the scene like well another good question well, <laughs> the scene's pretty good you know i mean i personally think the scene can always get better i mean but people are coming out yeah i mean there's you know there's a fair amount of people out there's there's a lot of good bands in tacoma you know uh, there's a lot of fans for music in Tacoma too, and the surrounding areas. But um, it's definitely up and coming. But you know, the bands could keep working harder at their crafts, and the people could, you know, come out and support the bands more, and that wouldn't hurt anybody. I've got to ask you guys. You've uh, got a great name, and uh, that's always a big part of a band's identity. Is coming up with a name. How did that come about? Was it democratic, or uh, uh, was it uh, kind of dictatorial, like Bon Jovi, <laughs> where the rest of the guys said, yeah. "I don't know." It was actually. Uh, it was democratic between us two. The other guys didn't really have a say. Well, his name's actually Jason Bigfoot. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, definitely democratic. Yeah. No. Uh, Basically, the name is, I was in another local band uh, named the Sons of Ivan, and that band was directly named from uh, two of our bandmates in that band, Lino and Ray Lon, uh, after the Ivan gorilla that lived at the B&I. Yes. And as many people know, they have <laughs> went and saw Ivan, and I used to go see him as a kid, and it was, uh, it was kind of a trip, you know? Yeah. But anyway, uh, it was an awesome name, and we, we had so many people come up and identify with seeing Ivan and remembering Ivan and the name linked to the South Sound. So when we came up with uh, The Legend of Bigfoot, I was searching for trying to find a name that people could identify with, you know, kind of in the Northwest, but even bigger than Ivan. And as Jason put it, there's no really bigger legend no, than no. Bigfoot. In the Northwest, besides yeah. and all over, besides probably Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, well, well, but sure. he's not a legend. He's right. a Absol fact. He's a, well, okay. Yeah. If you want to believe a it. fact of Wait, a legend, not a fact. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of Ivan, though, I was always hoping he was going to get loose and go on a rampage Ooh. through the store. <laughs> it just, you know. <laughs> well, speaking of get Ivan, even with everybody. Has anybody been get to the BNI lately? I mean, what a shame that place uh, is. Yeah. Just Damn. back in the it's day, that place was the place to be, especially for. Kid on like a Saturday it, yeah. or awesome. a Sunday, you know they had like the fishing ponds in the in the parking lot, and they had the arcade. And Ivan was it, it was great. And now I'm afraid to even go in the parking lot. You can get uh, <laughs> really good lingerie there, <laughs> and, uh, and you can get those really special, weird, uh, focused pictures that, uh -huh. uh, and also like cheap leather stitching and belts and yeah, boots. and stolen radios. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's listen to a track from the Legend of. Big Bigfoot, and this hasn't been heard before, right? 
This is pretty brand new. Only at our shows. Only at your shows. And we're going to play it right here. We're going to play Northwest Converge Zone exclusive. Yeah, we're going to play the entire thing. Indeed. (laughs) This is titled Underwater Man. Our guest, the legends of Bigfoot.
was very nice. They're very uh, soaring melodic stuff right there. Yeah, no, that's amazing stuff. And you can hear that on April 9th at the New Frontier. Five bucks only. Well, let's bring in our other band that we have here with us today. That's the Midnight Salvage Company. Brayson, who's uh, been here before when you were just about to do a show at the Showbox Soto with, uh, wasn't that um, Vile Red Falcons? Vile Red Falcons, yeah. yeah. And so good to have you. And then we also have Brian. Brian, nice to have you in. Yeah, thanks for having us. So uh, you guys, <laughs> I love on your MySpace, your, you uh, as you are talking about your band, you say it sounds like the Heartbreakers meet the Replacements meet <laughs> the Hold Steady meets Tacoma. It's <laughs> <laughs> about right. Yeah, I love that. Now, you guys have uh, a quite a, a, a bit of a different sound than uh, the Legend of Bigfoot, and you guys are also working on a CD. How's that process going? It's going pretty well. I think it started off uh, pretty solid, but it's it's. Uh, Does it have a working title? It, no title yet. That'll be that'll be the last part that'll of it. Be the last part of it. We're yeah. uh, working on covers and and then the music, obviously. But uh, now, have you guys right. have you had to take a bit of a break uh, from performing live around the sound for while you're recording this, or are you guys still out there playing? We yeah. we did. I mean, uh, we took about a, a couple months break where we played the show at the the Soto, mm-hmm. and then we played, you know, at Jazz Bones on uh, St. Patty's Day, where so there's been a pretty big gap there. But we'll <laughs> we're definitely gonna pick it up here. Brian, how was that on St. Patty's Day? It, at, uh, it was it was uh it was interesting. Was it, it off it was, the hook? Yeah, it was it was a good turnout. There was uh, uh we played from nine to ten, and then there was a a DJ that came in right after they us. They have so a lot was, of that there. Yeah, yeah. DJ it was Pedro. It was uh yeah DJ Pedro. And uh, <laughs> it was unusual to, have, to hear about a DJ on, on St. Patrick's Patty's Day. Day yeah. But I don't know. There was a lot of people there. so I... Was that DJ Mick Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird because uh, Joe and I have been down there to see uh, a, you know, a band or something. And the way they pair bands, I'm not sure what Jazz Bones has going these days. It's like they, they almost have like an identity crisis. They can't quite nail down exactly what it is they want to do. So I was curious how that went, but I'm glad it went well. Um, we actually heard about that show, but our St. Paddy's Day we spend in Seattle crawling around the streets. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not too bad. <laughs> no, it's a good time. So now, how did you guys get hooked up with Legend of Bigfoot for this show? That's all you. Yeah, well, um, we've known these guys for a while, and um, we've done uh, one show together. Um, it's probably been three or four months now back, and uh, we've just kept in touch since then. And, and I've, I've seen them probably six or seven times and they're just they're incredible and uh you know i heard that they had something going on with valis and so we kind of <laughs> you know did our best to kind of lobby for that third spot <laughs> and and they were nice enough to hook us up with it so it's it's so did you uh, offer to pay them to play is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, get, they get our share of the cover <laughs> uh no I, I i do have this question though uh, we, we talked to a lot of bands um who are you know trying to make their way trying to trying to make a name for themselves and and they're out there you know, trying to get into the clubs and stuff. When you branch out of the Tacoma area, let's say you hit try Olympia and you guys have been to Seattle, is there a stigma about being a Tacoma band that they don't take you serious or are you not having problems with that? Or how's that whole operation going? 
Well, I, I don't know if there's a stigma about uh, being a Tacoma band, but like when we go and play in Seattle or Bremerton, I, obviously there's a bit of concern on their end about us not drawing well. Mm-hmm. So we've had to prove ourselves a couple times in situations like that. And so, we, in fact, the show that Brayson was here to promote last at the the Showbox, I and mean, we were the only band in the group to sell all of our you know a lot, a of, lot tickets of tickets or whatever. So yeah, so that's that's nice to be able to talk to the booking agents at, at other venues and let them know we're capable of doing that so you guys have a pretty solid backing of fans yeah we we do a pretty good job of spacing out our shows because mm-hmm. we're you know we're, we're really appreciative of all the people who have, who have been supportive of it so we don't want to burn anybody out and if we can put a month in between our, our gigs that's great and so we try to make it a bit of, of an event right for all of our friends very good very good Brayson, uh, vocally, you've got definitely that Dylan-esque uh, petty feel. <laughs> Heard that. <laughs> okay, and that's what I was going to say. Do you get tired of hearing that comparison? No, I, um, I don't mind it. I mean, obviously, those are great people, so I don't I don't mind that. Uh, and there's nothing really I can do about it, you know. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind it. Uh, I don't, I'll be honest with you, at, at times I can hear it, at other times I can't. Uh, I think I could personally take it that way if I wanted to. I try. I don't necessarily try not to, but I but I definitely don't try and like. Oh, okay, well, you know, like my my brother's given me some lyrics once, and I was like, man, if I sing this, I'm gonna sound like Bob Dylan. You know, this is blowing in the wind, buddy. So I I get that. Um, a lot of people hear it and be like, oh, that's that's you. That's that sounds like Bob Dylan. I'm like, well, you know, whatever you do is what you do. So Right, so it is what it is. And also, following up on that, lyrically, you guys are very strong. How does that come about? Is that a collaboration with everyone? Because, you know, lyric, lyrics are always storytelling, but it seems like in your lyrics, it's, it's uh, more than just the story. It's kind of like chapter, chapter, yeah, chapter, yeah, and it keeps following through. Yeah, that's, that's all bracing. Yeah, um, that's all. I guess that's all. I mean, that's me. Uh, so it, it comes from me. Where where it comes from is, I mean, they're all pulled from bits and pieces of either things I've seen or things that have been around and stuff like that. But yeah, it, uh, for me, it'd be hard to hear. I mean, I'm open for anything, but it's it's hard for me to hear someone work it in that way. But I think there are songs where we we go, okay, this is getting too too wordy and this and that so we do i mean i think the band has some input in that way but it starts off a lot for me yeah all right yeah really like it a lot well i'm just curious when you um when you guys play live do you have a do you have a hard time reproducing uh, this open for both bands uh going from studio to stage and venue uh because we've had guys like buck gornsby in here and uh uh, we did an interview with Don Wilson from the Ventures, who talk a lot about back in back in their day, uh, they just rolled up with amps and played to the room. Uh, now there's all kind of technology, and and there's you know you can th- put your MacBook up there and all. Do you, do you find that a challenge, or is that uh, the, with the modern technology and stuff? You feel like you can replicate that sound pretty well. We can we can replicate ours uh, exactly. I mean, and that's that's by design too. We wanted to make sure that our our first EP sounded exactly like how we we sound live. I mean, it's totally by design on on our part. Bigfoot. Yes, <laughs> we can replicate the sound. Yeah, we we try to. I mean, we have six people in the band actually, so we have plenty of people to play multiple parts. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we try to keep it. You know, basically six parts on the CD or whatever. So 
I mean, you know, maybe six plus six plus you know, <laughs> in there. But no, uh, we can fully replicate the sound, and we want to be able to do that because uh, maybe you've seen a band before and you've heard their studio album, and maybe it just sounded really awesome, and then you've seen them live, and maybe it wasn't up to par, maybe it was stripped down, but it was still cool. But uh, we want to be able to replicate. Or you know, it was coming through a, like a MIDI or something, and they were like lip syncing. I've seen that before. Uh, too. Yeah, we don't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, speaking of good sound, let's listen to a track by Midnight, the Midnight Salvage Company. The title of this song is Last Lane.
very nice. I could uh, see myself with the top down, uh, shades on, making some erratic lane changes. Uh, <laughs> listening to that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Good road tripping songs. All right, look, tell Sound us a little good. bit about this uh, other band that's on the bill. And we're talking about the show that is coming up on April the 9th at the New Frontier. Five bucks. The other band is Vallis. What do we know about these guys? Uh, like Mike was alluding to earlier, we were hugely into the Seattle scene in the 90s, as I'm sure most of us were. And the Screaming Trees were one of our favorites. Yes. Absolutely. Probably uh, the most underrated band from the whole They Seattle were amazing. Scene. And so uh, Van Connor of the Screaming Trees uh, formed a new band in the late 90s called Vallis. And they are amazing. Seriously, they're, they're, you will hear a track in a second. Uh, so knowing that they play around this area, I know they played a club in Olympia a few months ago. So I thought, hey, next time they play Tacoma, maybe we can hook up a gig. So I sent him an email, and sure enough, he wrote back and said, where do you want to play? So I thought of the New Frontier because they've always been really good to us and mm -hmm. let us uh, you know, pretty much book our own shows there. And uh, they're good people. And so I mentioned that, and he said, let's do it. You know, Great, so. yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, Screaming Trees, an amazing band. Yes, yes. And uh, well, let's listen to a little track, a uh, little bit of a track from Vallis. Mm -hmm. The title of this is called Motorbike. Hang on, folks. So that's motorbike. That takes me back to the bad motor scooter days. Yeah, it does. It really does. That's awesome. So and that hopefully we'll get them in uh, in the future because I'd really like to ask them about uh, their European tour and how that went. You yeah, know? it's no. probably mm -hmm. it's hard enough gigging around you know locally, but oh, taking yeah. your show on the road to Europe that'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Time. Well, so Vallis is on the bill. Legend of Bigfoot and Midnight Salvage Company, April 9th at the New Frontier, and five bucks. That's it, man. Five bucks to get in. That's Doors great. are uh, open at eight. Probably the first band will hit the stage around eight thirty, and they're just going to play till they uh, till the fall. The place falls down. That's we'll be let, there. That's the plan. Let me ask you all a combined question. Um, you've probably, as you've been playing, met a lot of bands. Bands that have probably been around a little bit longer than you. Of in, in that category of those people, um, what's the best advice anybody's ever given you, and what's the worst? <laughs> Wow. You guys got yeah. something to good make us think here or something for a minute? <laughs> Look at their brains are hurting. Joe, what are you doing? Well, I think the best advice any band could give you is, you know, to keep working hard and keep writing new songs, you know. It, it's it's easy to get stuck, uh, but you always need to move on. If you look at the greats, they put out a lot of albums, and they come out with new material, and that's what your fans want to hear. And 
that's usually what you want to do as a musician is come up with uh, new stuff. And uh, uh, some of the worst advice I've heard is uh, never pay to play or uh, pre-sale tickets, which uh, you shouldn't have to ever pay to play. But uh, a pre-sale sometimes if uh, a band is willing to work and try to sell tickets because they want to put in work, it sometimes it can work out really good for you and it can work out better than not paying to play. So. That's probably the best and the worst. So no uh, bad advice like from someone that uh, you know you should go hair band because they're coming back or uh, maybe just keep doing a lot of drugs to make better music. That might work had, for a while. Uh, we when we when we started playing there was a we were on a bill with uh, I mean you don't have like, to name the band. It was like three oh, well, dead whores and three ugly moms. But I mean, like, just <laughs> not even names. And, and like the guy, I mean, they were nice and people were cool, but like half the band doesn't even show up. <laughs> but, and then, so like, we went from playing third to first to, hey, you're playing in five minutes. But like, I just remember the guy talking to us afterwards about booking bands, and I was like, and really, just the BS of it just was like, okay, you know, he yeah, you're booking bands, us, yeah. but uh, <laughs> three of them didn't show. Yeah, your own guys and, didn't even show up. So, uh, but I don't know. Everybody's been really cool. You know, even that guy was a good guy. Right. But I, I think you just you just start playing. I just play, and and you know, my my attitude with Brian is always like, oh, just tell me where to be, and I'll you know I'll show up and play, because the minute I don't, I don't want to get picky because. I'm just happy people will open the doors and plug well, their one instruments last, in. One last question Good. before we shut it down. Uh, the question that comes up with every band is, what label are you on? Um, I know you guys are all independent, but <clears throat> are you shopping yourselves to labels? Are you interested in a label? Is that a hard road to get a label uh, You know, uh, to come out and see a show or attracted to you? How are you guys, uh, w what's your thought on wanting to be on a label versus the reality of like, being on a label uh, I think for us we're like we just debuted tonight our like official demo so that will be what we use to get booked in better clubs say in Seattle mm -hmm. and yeah get some label interest hopefully so. yeah I, I mean I think we're definitely interested in you know in the best person you know the best option for us so a label makes sense you know obviously there's a wish list sure you know uh just even looking around here, the posters and stuff start making me think of like, you know, like <laughs> Vagrant Records and stuff like that. That's very cool. That maybe strays off the path a little bit, but you know, I think we'll 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 start dragging the net as long and wide and deep as we can. I, I think the game's changed so much in the last like even five years that it, you know. Who knows? I think it's important for us to get like a good quality recording of our stuff because I think we have quality songs. We just need to get a good recording of it. And then after that, you know, who knows? We're going to uh, try to get it in the hands of the right people and, and uh, right. email well, it out. And I'm just referring to, you know, like it, you're right. The game has changed so much. Um, and, you know, there's a, the, the famous stories about the bands that get signed and they say, we love you guys, but your bass player, he's got to go. You know, or uh, this is awesome, but we have these songs that we want you to record and all of a sudden the game changes and everything and so it's it's a it's a fine uh fine tight rope to walk on that yeah. arena yeah and you lose you lose a lot of your independence if you do you know get signed and you know, we've talked to some bands who have that's like 
it hasn't been a good thing for them because mm-hmm. they don't have any control over it anymore. So it's it's uh, it's a good time to be an independent musician because you can get your music out there and. There's not a middleman. Yeah, for with it. like CD Baby and uh, iTunes. Yeah, and all, I mean you can just do an album in your basement basically and put it up there and then get people to to download it if, if they're interested. Yeah, so yeah, and if you want to bust your ass to promote it and get it out there and you know you make sure it's in the right the right people's yeah, hands. And absolutely. All right. Well, we want to thank uh, the legend of Bigfoot, Jason and Mike. Thank you guys for coming in. Yeah, thank you, guys. Pleasure, thank you. And Midnight Salvage Company, Brayson and Brian. Thank you guys for coming in. And then also, uh, remember, Vallis is on the bill. They couldn't be here. But uh, again, April 9th, which is a Friday at the New Frontier. Five bucks is all it costs to get in. Three amazing, great South Sound bands. And they're going to rock your socks off. So you guys will be there. And thank you guys for coming in. All right, thank you. You've been warned. (laughs) All right, well, we want to thank Gene and Voxy for coming in. Really cool people. Yeah, very good people. Uh, Great musicians. Salt of the earth type people. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and, I mean, I, I I didn't ask her. I, I meant to, but you know, I was just I'm wondering if she gets tired of the whole Janis Joplin comparison because she's her own singer. Yes, she is. She's amazing, amazing talent, great vocals, and I mean, there is that comparison, but at the same time, she's she's got her own thing going on. It's very very cool. So we want to thank them for coming in, and we will be hearing from them at the end of the show. They're going to do a live song for us. So hey. Let's do some birthdays. Now, with Birthdays of the Living, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's own Prince of the Pinata, Big D. See if you can spot this one. All right, this week, Birthdays of the Living. This man is no stranger, obviously. One of the greats. Born on the 30th of this fine month in the year 1945. Eric Clapton. Slow hand. Yes. Uh, is, he a, is he a sir yet? Is he Sir Eric Clapton? Man, if I he's not, he, he, I don't he think so, but next he in line. definitely should be. And what's this note I have here? Somebody shares a birthday with... <laughs> yeah, go ahead and say it. Do I have to? You have to say it. Uh, it's the yin and the yang of uh, music right there. We don't have to play it, do we? No, no, but okay. I just thought it was interesting. He shares a birthday with Celine Dion. <laughs> whatever, yes. whatever that's worth. The greatest guitar player in the world and the greatest singer in the oh, world. Oh, boy. You are, man, you're in trouble now. All right. Also, man. Another stellar bloke, if I might say, born on the 31st in the year 1955. He's going to be 54 years old. That is the master man, Angus. Young. Angus. We're giving the, the 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 horns right now for yes. Angus, and uh, he's had neck replace replacement surgery about 10 times because <laughs> that guy is a head I banger. Just, I think they just installed rubber in his neck. <laughs> it's a couple of Goodyear wow. tire cords. And then uh, our old friend uh, Teddy. He's good friends with our next uh, guy who was born on the 3rd of April and that of course is Alec Baldwin and if you're listening Alec hey happy birthday my brother give us a call yeah so anyway that's the birthdays of the living now with birthdays from beyond here's a Northwest Convergence Homes answer to Art Bell Big Joe 
All right. As always, we have to go to the other side. And we're going to start with someone who has made me <laughs> very, very happy over the years. He was born March 28, 1899. His name is August Augie Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> he would be 110 years old. And, of course, uh, thanks for the many, many memories, Augie. I really appreciate it. Mr. Budweiser. <laughs> That's right. Keep it Even going. Even the ones you can't remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially those. <laughs> That's right. Those I just make up. <laughs> All right, and uh, on the 30th of March, 1853, one of the greatest, if not in my opinion, the greatest impressionist artist of all time. Vincent Van Gogh would have been 156 years old. And just uh, as an aside, he did the portrait of Dr. Gachet up until 2006, the most expensive painting ever sold in auction, $82.5 million. Held the record until it was passed by a Jackson Pollock uh, in 2006. And how much did he get of that? Uh, He got nothing. (laughs) He sold very little in his life. And uh, yeah, he had a rough time. Yeah. And that that happens when you uh, cut off your ear. And last but not least... Oh, oh yeah, this I is taking me back. Totally missed this cat. Yeah, it's uh, very sad. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking 1965, watching him on uh, Hullabaloo, Shindig, where the Yay. action is. This guy had more soul in his little finger than most people have in his body. Tragic end, shot by his own father. By his own dad. That is so harsh. And his dad was a minister. So. I remember the day that happened. It was brutal. That was really tough. But to the late, great Marvin Gaye, one of the best national anthems. Anthems at the NBA oh, All Star yes, Game. Absolutely. Ever. I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Great loss. We miss him. Yeah. Marvin Gaye. Man, I bet he's rocking heaven. That's all I'm saying. That's right. I, oh, yeah, I bet well, they got a hell of a band. <laughs> well, let's move ahead. We've got a, a really cool show that's about to hit Tacoma, and it's going to be on April 9th, which is a Friday at the New Frontier. It's only five bucks to get in, folks. I'm telling you, this is an amazing deal. And the doors open at eight. The Three bands are The Legend of Bigfoot, Midnight Salvage Company, and Vallis. Now, if you don't, if you're like, well, I wonder who Vallis is. Well, just remember the Screaming Trees from the 90s. They were a great band out of Seattle. Well, that's Van Connor, uh, yeah, Von Connor, the guy who was from the Screaming Trees. Trees formed Vallis, and they are a great rocking band. So anyway, we sat down with the legend of uh, Bigfoot and Midnight Salvage Company and had a little chat about their upcoming show. All right, we want to thank all those guys. And do you think you can make that show? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to be collecting some uh, tin cans, aluminum cans, and bottles. <laughs> I, think I'll be, I think I'll be able to come up with the $5. Double D, you think you can come up with five spot? Uh, maybe. I gotta, <laughs> did they say it was all ages? I can't, That's a good question. I'm going to have to check that because if it's all ages, we got to get the Wonder Boy in. It might but be. I did hear that, uh, that you were paying for everybody. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that was an Anheuser-Busch moment. <laughs> Fresh from his return from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll be relaxed. He won't notice. Yeah, well, that's right before my trip to Vegas, so I'm going to be holding on yeah, to my cash. Yeah, he'll so. have to save it. Yeah, yeah. you leave it in Vegas. Yeah, leaving Las Vegas <laughs> with uh, no cash once again. All right. Well, hey, let's go into This Week in Rock. Now, here's a doctor of rock himself, Big Joe, with This Week in Music History. All right, now I don't know if you can name that tune in three notes, but uh, I can. Could you? That's very good. Um, (laughs) I can because I know the song. Well, so do I. But that doesn't count. Double D? 
I still don't name know it after Vorden. Do you know the name of the band? I I don't know. Let me look at the screen here. <laughs> right, that, I, I don't know. Really? Oh, you too. Yeah, there you go. There yeah, you go. Man, there you go. All nice. right. Well, good call, my man. This week in music history. Nice you... uh, hand signals there, Wonderboy, <laughs> helping your dad out. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I really appreciate Wonderboy helping was, me out. I music. thought he was throwing down some Curtis High uh, signs there or something. <laughs> I was getting a little worried. <laughs> All right. This day in music history, you too performed with this song, Where the Streets Have No Name, from the roof of a downtown L.A. store. Gee, I guess uh, I wonder where they got that idea. Uh, while making a video. The shoot attracted thousands of spectators, bringing traffic to a standstill. How could you tell in L.A.? Yeah. I mean, what's the difference? Weren't they already all parked yeah, there? Yeah, right. They just got out of their cars and listened. It's a great place to have that. And, of course, let's say it all together, the police had to shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah, but we're... Stop it, you scallywaggers. See, we're three months away from U2, and so we're uh, really getting oh, psyched. Oh, getting and ramped up, man. Any U2 stories on This Week in History just get me ready. Yeah, Double D, you're going to U2? You two what? <laughs> are you two going to you two? I know us two are. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it's been another another real show, and we want to thank everybody. Voxy Vallejo. As opposed to our synthetic shows. Yes, the legend of Bigfoot and Midnight Salvage Company for coming in. All those guys. It was a blast. And, you know, we really love doing the show, and we, we really love enjoy being part of the South Sound. And, uh, you know, talking with bands, and we've been real band-heavy this month, but... That's a reason. It's springtime. People are starting to get out. They're heading into the clubs. It's staying lighter, longer, and you just want to get out and do something. So we want to bring you some, you know, some options, some things to do. And going to see a band, what a great time. Just kick back, enjoy some great music. And we have really talented bands here in the South Sound. So uh, next month, we're starting off with a bang, man. Our interview next week, going up on Easter. Don Wilson of the Ventures. Great. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Rock and Roll Hall that. of Fame. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that uh, opportunity like that comes around. So next week, be sure you tune in. Don Wilson of the Ventures shares some really great stories with us. And uh, then we also have a, a new and upcoming band called Talk Johnny. And I think you guys are going to dig them as well. But anyway, it's time for us to get out of here. This is Big D. This is Big Joe. This is Double D. And this is the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. Let's get out of here with a live cut done right here in the man cave. Voxy Vallejo and their song, Gone Again. This is Voxy of Voxy Vallejo. And Gene has something he'd like to say to you. You've been listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone, where all things come together.
of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.